My journey with Baroque and Renaissance music started 25 years ago when I discovered the soundtrack of a French movie called Tous les Matins du Monde. This film music was arranged by the Catalan, very well-known musician, Jordi Saval. And most of the early Renaissance pieces we will listen to on this episode today is arranged and performed by Jordi Saval. I'm Lara Derwese, and I've been involved with music as a teacher in the past 20 years. In the last two years, I've been researching, presenting programs on radio and podcasts. And today's program explores my own individual relationship with music and my specific interest in the Baroque era. I will also be looking for connections between what we think of as Western classical music and some aspects of Islamic and Arab culture. You were listening there to Jean-Baptiste Lully, who was born in 1632. He's a French-Italian composer who worked for the court of Louis XIV. He was considered a master of the French Baroque genre. Now, 50 years on from Lully, Bach was born into the Germanic tradition of a later Baroque era. Personally, and when I listen to the music of Bach, I'm drawn into a spiritual sphere, a higher self if you like. I don't think it has anything to do with being religious as such, but more about spirituality, about speaking to the soul through the language of music. I came across the saying by Bach that confirmed this notion, and it's the aim and final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. Next, we will listen to a piano transcription of one of my favorite Bach cantatas, the BWV 140.
So you've just listened to Bach's cantata, the BWV 140, and it's one of Bach's sacred cantatas. It was written in 1631 as part of his series of five cantatas for every Sunday and special feast day in the Lutheran calendar. This elevated feeling that comes from listening to Baroque music, I also feel when I listen to certain verses of the Qur'an. Recited in a certain way, the rhythm of the words and the melody can also elevate one's soul, and we will listen to some verses of the Qur'an later on. I can understand how strange that may sound to some listeners, as these are two very different things. And to me, these two different things of sung Quranic verses and Western classical music are my connecting points to this program today. To connect a third dimension to the above, I would say that equally, the music of the Muwashahat engages and lifts one's spirit. A Muwashah is a lyric poem that appeared in the 9th century with the Andalusians during the Islamic Umayyad period. The word originated from the Arabic wishah, a scarf used by women in that period. It included beautiful ornaments, and this reflects the nature of these beautiful lyric poems. The main subject of the poems was, surprise, surprise, none other than love. Unrequited love, to be exact. It also praised the drinking of wine and what the Sufis called divine intoxication. So next you will listen to one of my favorite muwashah, uh, and it's titled Lama Badayat Athanna. And some of the translation for um, the song is, when I saw my love sway, his beauty amazed me. Something in that moment captivated us, like a branch bending gracefully. Oh 
So I'm interested to find out if there is a connection between these three culturally very different things, Baroque music, Quranic verses, and lyric poetry written by the Moors in Spain. To examine the relationship between early music and Islamic culture, I will explore what seems to have been a marriage, a clear exchange between European and Arab culture right back from the 11th century. The evidential example to that is a specific piece called the Cantigas de Santa Maria, which has been arranged and performed by Jordi Saval. So I will leave you with that. You were listening there to the Cantigas de Santa Maria, which was composed in the year 1221. And the performers there are the La Capella Real de Catalonia, directed and arranged by Jordi Saval. In the year 1711, Muslim forces invaded and conquered the Iberian Peninsula, which is the mountainous area of Spain and France. It became one of the great Muslim civilizations. This occupation lasted 800 years at a time when Arabic poetry was potent and fluid. It inspired the European song tradition and influenced church music. Many instruments were being adopted into ensembles, um, oriental instruments to be exact, that came from Egypt and the Asiatic civilization found their way into church music. Instruments like the lute, the guitar, the rebec are all derived from that Arabic wood instrument. Not only these instruments were themselves adopted and used, but they also played a fundamental role in the evolution of the European orchestra. The oud lute, for example, was used extensively in Europe before it was transformed into other musical instruments, including the guitar and the mandolin. The Spanish and Portuguese gaita and the English waig and bagpipes all derived from the Arabic gaita. The Irish and Old English harps were inspired by the Arabic qanun. Even the fiddle was derived from a Persian instrument and the Arab rabab. And finally, and to my surprise, I found out that the piano itself was inspired by the Persian santur. 
So the keyboard, as we know today, went through many transformations, but it saw its origins as the Persian dulcima or santur, and that changed into a pantalon, and then into the 18th century started its transformation into uh, the piano instrument we know today. So all this information was new, and I was amazed by the number of Western instruments that were derived from the East. Also, Islamic scholar Al-Farabi, known as Farabius, was a philosopher, mathematician, chemist, astronomer, wrote a book about music and its connection to astronomy called Al-Kitab Al-Musiqi Al-Kabir, which translates to the big book of music. It connected the Arabic musical scale, the science of astrology, the planets, and numerology. Music was also used as a therapeutic medicine to heal certain ailments. To reach oneness with God, Sufis used music and dance to reach certain spiritual elevations. All of this information started revealing how connected music is to the world of spirituality and healing. It also showed that there was so much knowledge and richness in Arab culture at the time, and it spilled over onto European society and European music. You will listen next to a traditional lullaby from Egypt, and in its ensemble, you will get to listen to the Qanun string instrument that we talked about earlier, plus an Arabic flute and the percussion tabla. You were listening there to a lullaby from Egypt called Nami Nami, which means go to sleep. It was directed by Claire Margot, and it's the O.D.O. ensemble uh, specializing in world music and traditional Arabic songs. It is relevant to point out at the stage that the difference between the Arabic scale and the Western scale is in the scope of pitches between the notes. For example, when you move from one musical note to another on the piano, you have the tonal distance of, of a semitone, which is half a tone, or a complete tone. In contrast, the Arabic scale is much narrower, and it can be broken down to quarter tones. And this creates one of the main differences between the sounds in Western and Eastern music. Now, Renaissance style of compositions were drawn to the smaller tonal sounds and is therefore close to our Middle Eastern musical ear. 
And when you listen to a piece like the Cantigas de Santa Maria, which we will listen to in a minute, you can hear certain similarities between it and some of the style of, of the Arabic songs in terms of character, uh, rhythm, and tonal influences. So I will leave you once again um, with the Cantigas de Santa Maria to listen in to these sounds. There is also a connection between early Islamic culture on the flamenco Spanish dance tradition and other South American dance traditions that started in Spain. It is said that the word flamenco has originated from the Arabic word falah menko, uh, describing rural wanderers who were expelled from their homes and joined gypsies and returned to their singing through joining the gypsies and they became the falah menko. Its literal meaning in Arabic is the peasant that belongs to you. I will leave you with a traditional Buelarias song um, sung in Spain by a female artist, La Negra. Si yo pudiera mover las manillas de reloj del Estaría tu varilla en este momento, hay quien pudiera, hay quien pudiera cerrar los ojillos y que el tiempo pasara cuando yo mis ojos abriera. The Arab contribution to European music saw its signs in the year 821 when Emperor Charlemagne was trying to compete and copy what was going on in Baghdad and Qurtuba. In fact, he was a friend of Khalifa Harun al-Rashid and went and spent eight years in Spain to learn some of the traditions in music and poetry from the Muslim Arabs. Troubadour songs adopted Arab Andalusian themes such as chastity, virtuosity, and love. In fact, the word troubadour has originated from the Arabic word tarab wador, which means to sing and to go around. It refers back to the poets of the Middle Ages that circulated around palaces and performed poetry and music. We will listen once again to the soundtrack of Tous les Matins du Monde. Um, specifically, we will be listening to the Gavotte de Tendre by Jean de Saint-Colombe, who was born in 1640, a French composer who was a master 
of the vile de gamba. was The Gavotte de Tendre by Jean de Saint-Colombe. I would like to return back to what the music of Bach means to me. Bach composed 1,128 pieces of music, 200 of which are titled cantatas. They are choral, sung pieces of music usually dedicated to the church or have a religious character. Through speaking to a friend who is a music enthusiast and researcher, I was told that Bach's wealth of compositions is connected to the fact that Martin Luther translated the Bible from Latin into German. Martin Luther was a German priest who lived in the 16th century and called for ending the abuse of power and the middleman interference in the Christian religion. This perhaps helps us understand that Bach and the society at the time didn't need the help of the liturgy to understand interpret and have a relationship with the Bible. And even though this translation of the Bible from Latin into German took place a good 150 years before Bach was born, it's said to have influenced musical composition uh, in that era and especially by the time Bach's music came along. We will listen once again to the cantata that we heard previously, the BWV 140, even though the first interpretation was a piano transcription of the cantata by Alessio Bax. This time it's an orchestral version of the cantata 140, the Wacht auf, ruft uns die Stimme.
That was the Netherlands Bach Society performing the cantata BWV 140. Returning to the topic of the troubadour songs, these songs' main focus became directed towards the Virgin Mary, as opposed to the corrupt clergy that we talked about. Again, this is said to have come from the influence of Islam. The doctrine of Islam is one as such that the relationship between man and God uh, is said to be a direct one, with little outside interference. And the love and praise for a woman like Mary also and was very evident in the Qur'an. My dad believes that the section of the Qur'an where the story of Mary or Maryam, as we say in Arabic, is the most beautiful of sections. One time we were sitting together and I asked him, what draws him to this particular story in the Qur'an? And his response was that it's all in the descriptive nature of the writing. واذكر في الكتاب مريم إذا انتبذت من أهلها مكانا شرقيا فأرسلنا إليها روحنا فتمثل لها بشرا سويا. The translation for that is and mention in the book the story of Mary when she withdrew from her family to a place towards the east. Then we sent her our angel and he represented himself to her as a well proportioned man. In this specific verse, scenes are created from the rhythm and music of the words in Arabic, and they're vivid and poetic images that bring to life the miracle of Mary and her child, Jesus. So I will leave you next um, to listen to uh, a verse from the Qur'an describing all the stuff that I mentioned earlier, uh, the narration and the story of Mary. من البشر أحدا فقولي إني نذرت للرحمن صوما فلن أكلم اليوم إنسيا فأتت به قومها تحمل قالوا يا مريم لقد جئت شيئا فريا Oh, 
شقيا والسلام علي يوم ولدت ويوم أموت ويوم أموت ويوم أبعث حيا ذلك عيسى بن مريم We will listen next to uh, an Arabic hymn dedicated to the Virgin Mary, although this one is more secular perhaps and less religious than the Quranic example we listened to earlier. And this hymn is performed and sung by an iconic Arab Lebanese singer, Fayrouz. Sacredness of Mary is a main connecting point and theme between Islam and Christianity. Countless pieces of music have been written and dedicated to the influential figure of Mary. These pieces spoke of her suffering, and therefore we find that they're usually in the form of hymns and are titled with the Latin word dolorosa. The piece Stabat Mater has been used as a compositional and musical framework for pieces and hymns dedicated for the Virgin Mary, which refers to the pain and suffering the Virgin Mary had to endure. So we will listen next to Vivaldi's Stabat Mater.
We will listen to another version, another great musical composition, another Stabat Mater, by the Italian composer uh, Pergolesi. Very recently, and as part of the online Isolation for Creation music project, I have discovered the music of an English composer called John Tavner, who died in 2013. Hymn to the Mother of God was performed by the choristers in Truru Cathedral Choir, and some of the words for the hymn are, In you, O woman full of grace, all creation rejoices, all praise be to you.
That was the choristers in Truro Cathedral singing John Tavner's Hymn to the Mother of God. In preparing for this episode, I discovered a vast world and history to Arabic music, especially during the Umayyad and Abbasid Islamic era. Music at that time was connected to elements of aesthetics, mysticism, mathematics, and therapy. It is even said that the distances between the strings in the Arabic oud instrument reflects the astronomical distances of the planets. So you will listen um, next to a piece uh, performed on the piano and the oud instrument. It's a beautiful amalgamation between the West and the East. This was taken from a soundtrack um, of an Egyptian production called Egyptian Mozart, Mozart al-Masri. my journey and research for this episode, I also learned that classical music, with all its rich repertoire and history, has been influenced by Islamic culture and has managed to continue and move beyond this. However, this influence from the Muslim Arabs is rarely ever acknowledged or talked about in the West. I hope I was able to communicate to you some of the cultural connections between two very different cultures that managed to merge at one point in history. And I would love to know if there are any pieces of music that you find to have a spiritual connection to. And please leave your comments down below. <laughs> 